What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast, and thank you so much for checking it out this week. We have got a really special episode. My very close friend, Fiona Stocks Lyons, dropped by, and she spoke to me about composing music for live performances, about all of the different bands she's based in right here in New York City, and, uh, and all the genres that she experiments with. And it's a really cool episode because we were actually able to get an unreleased piece um, from her and her boyfriend's ballet uh, and put it halfway through the episode. So it's really cool because I kind of get her own history at the beginning and then we go into this piece and then the rest of the episode is kind of to talk about how she met her musical partner and how all of that sort of comes together. And uh, it's really cool. I was really happy that we were able to kind of put it together like this. So anyways, I hope you enjoy. Fiona is an amazing drummer. She's one of the best drummers I know, if not the best drummer. And, uh, and it was just really cool to talk to her. But without further ado, Fiona Stocks Lions. We got to get down to the good stuff because uh, you were you grew up playing music at a younger age than almost anyone I know. Oh, thanks. Seriously. So you so you said you started playing drums around three years old, you said? Yeah. I got my first kid at three and I just kind of started hitting around. I was luckily in a really musical family my dad's a really amazing guitar player so it was always fun just like trying to play along with him and then over time it became more fluid and we could do harder things but yeah the main way I was learning was just through headphones listening to music trying to play along the best I could to it and that's still how I learn to this day that's pretty cool though because I remember when I was when I was young I wanted to play music with my my dad had a music we had like a basement yeah. My dad had guitars and stuff, and, and there was a keyboard, and we'd fiddle around. But I didn't, like, I didn't know how to play anything. I would just, like, go <laughs> on the bass and just, like, strum really hard, you know, yeah, random yeah. stuff. There was no, like, method behind it. But I imagine you, you I mean, you took this from a very young age, and you were able to sort of craft it as you grew older. And that's really impressive. That's, like, really incredible. That's really Thank impressive. You. I think because, but I kind of like the no method thing. You know, that's how it went for me. If someone, if my parents came in saying, here's a drum teacher, you know, you're going to take lessons twice a, twice a week, you're going to learn how to read sheet music, I probably would have been like, I'm out of here. There's no way. I think that drums worked out so well is because no one was telling me what to do. And because I like was learning by ear, I kind of created my own unique style. And I'm super grateful for it to this day. Not that there's anything wrong with getting lessons, but it kind of forced me to really become creative on the kit in order to kind of like compensate for not knowing some yeah. other things like theory and whatnot. So. Well, I, I mean, I remember I, because I kind of self-taught in drums too. Yeah. And I went to go, but late in high school, probably my senior year, maybe late junior year, I went to go get lessons out in like inland San Diego. I yeah. like looked up this guy on this website and he was very nice. And I went out there and he basically, this is a very classic drum teacher thing. It's like, yeah. well, you got to re, got to relearn everything. Yeah. You got to restart. And that's an immediate turnoff to like every <laughs> like, single person because no one wants to, no one wants to restart everything. You know, so there's true. something beautiful about the way that you teach yourself how to do something. You know, yeah. and uh, to just completely scrap it and go, well, you're going to be a jazz drummer now and you're going to do that's, you know, that stuff has its merits, but it's it takes away the sort of individuality of being able to play an instrument that you 
grew up teaching yourself. You Definitely. Know? I like not having the limitations, especially when I was younger. I just was like wild kid with a lot of energy and, you know, the drums were such a great outlet and I felt like it was an instrument that truly expressed my personality. You know, not that I'm always, you know, loud and <laughs> obnoxious, but um, I'm just happy that I picked up on it at such a young age because I didn't know you know the social norms and I'm so happy that I didn't know that because I just chose the thing that I felt I could express myself the best on and I still feel that way with the drums like when people say oh you're a drummer it feels like such a big piece of like who I am as a person and yeah I just love it see that's really cool too because when I it's weird for me when I played drums I liked being the drummer but I also found myself drawn to guitar, really. And like that kind of became the oh, thing yeah. later for no, me. No, I love that too. <laughs> you know? um, but it, it was weird because in high school, it was very much like, oh yeah, he's the drummer for this band and he goes around and he plays. You know, that was kind of, I was known yeah. as the drummer. Um, and I love, but I did love that. And I totally identified with that. Yeah, but I, I'm with you too, though. Because, you know, I love to sing and, you know, playing guitar. I basically learned guitar just to like, backup singing and you know a little bit of bass but they're just such different forms of expression when I'm playing drums you know I want to play really fun beats that you know I can rock on and like have a great time with or you know try to find fun interesting things but you know when I'm singing the things that I want to sing or play on guitar they're super different you know they're very like singer songwriter alternative so it's kind of it's kind of nice having these two contrasts because a lot of the time people ask me my influences and I kind of have like different ones for rock you know as far as drumming and what I love and like different ones for what I want to sing and what makes me feel really introspective so, yeah and who are you so who are you some of your big because I know rock like whenever we talk here I was like I gotta get on we gotta jam we gotta yeah. you know and that's that's always because I love that stuff too I, I mean there's nothing for me that's more powerful than just hearing a loud distorted guitar you know yeah just a wall of sound i love that it's sound. just so incredible and satisfying you know i hear like certain drum fills and it's truly like such a state of like satisfaction but i think i kind of have two realms one's the kind of like woodstocky bands love janice joplin Jimi hendrix patty smith and led zeppelin you know those were like really formative for me and then i kind of have like my phase two which is 90s stuff like nirvana and pj harvey love nice. pj harvey like polly herself but also her drummer rob ellis is just like totally underrated and super incredible so yeah yeah those are my main rock ones and then as far as what i love for singing and what makes me feel really introspective um fiona apple i would say is my number one which is so funny because everyone would ask me growing up you know oh you're fiona you know you like fiona apple and i i just like wasn't mature enough for her music when i was like you know 10 because it's very like mature music and now that i've found such a connection you know i wish that i had said to all those people yeah you know she is my favorite because <laughs> she is <laughs> yeah that stuff happens though sometimes you know it's really like uh one of my favorite examples is i uh as a kid I always was given those Arthur toys, you know, yeah, like the yeah. stuffed animals, because it's a TV show. And I did watch the show, and I liked it a lot. Yeah, yeah. And then I ended up coming to NYU, and I had a, two professors that actually wrote on the show. And so it was really wow. funny. And I had that moment with them of being like, they read my name, and they, they kind of looked at me, and I kind of looked at them, and I was like, yeah. Like, I'd always had... <laughs> I because of you i have always had that sort of like connection that's so funny yeah exactly i always forget that your name is arthur but it <laughs> but it's changed over time though like it's gotten way like it was strictly i think a early childhood like obviously now most if you're a 
regular functioning adult you probably don't watch too much art <laughs> but you know what i mean like back then it was like a regular you know it was, oh, like, no. it was like being named spongebob or something totally. it was like yeah, yeah no one couldn't bring it up you know so oh, that's so funny but yeah. yeah i so i love fiona apple and right now there are there's such a great scene going on with these great like alternative singer songwriters especially female in my opinion at the moment you know angel olsen laura marling and mitski to me are just like killing the game creating such new different unique sounds that are really bringing something new to music so it's a very inspiring time because i feel like a lot of people are like oh the best music's in the past not at all and like sometimes i agree with that like as far as rock and whatnot but as far as you know songwriting there's just some incredible stuff happening Uh, what i always tell people is that you don't if you if you think that all the good music's gone, you're not looking in the right places, you know. So true. Um, and it's and you're not looking in the right pl- places for all sorts of genres. There's incredible rap out there. There's also terrible rap, you know. There's, Extremely true. There's <laughs> also there's great alternative. There's also terrible alternative. The thing is, we now have because of all these social media platforms and all these different streaming sites, we have this crazy ability to upload whatever we want. And so yeah. all these new artists are coming forward, and uh, there's tons of cool new people out there who. Uh, who are sharing their artwork with the world. And I think you're right. The alternative scene right now is huge. You have people like Father John Misty. Yeah. You have people like Ty Siegel. You have all these cool, Mac DeMarco, all these really cool Definitely. people that are like writing really cool music that incorporates the past, but also is like incorporating new weird stuff. And I think we're getting a lot of really, really cool content. Definitely. Yeah, I love and now a piece from their ballet.
the combination between the two of you would you want to talk about first how you guys met would that be a good way yeah. to go into it yeah that I would think, be good okay because it's such a unique thing that happened so thomas came to professional children's school his junior year and i had already been there for two years and you know it was pretty instant for us like we became best friends immediately and then like we fell in love and um it was a very fast like amazing process um and I think what was so cool in that moment, you know, because it's kind of how we saw music, we saw it through each other's eyes and in a time where we were like first falling in love with each other. So it was it was really interesting because I had always heard classical music. My sister was a professional ballet dancer. So it's not that I wasn't like attuned to classical music, but he obviously opened that door really dramatically. And you guys met in a computer lab, right? That was yes, how it started? Yes. Um, <laughs> Yes. How did that go down? Well, that's a funny story. Yeah, it's kind of a Um, funny story. My ex-boyfriend was showing him around because Thomas was like a new (laughs) visitor. And um, yeah, I thought he was very handsome. And um, there was kind of like an initial, wow, you seem like an interesting, cool person. And after that day, I was like, wow, he's so great. I hope that he comes here you know I was trying I'm like not to be like a jerk but I was like I'm very curious about this person and I hope that he comes here um and then when he came it was just we didn't even have any classes together but I think I loved you know showing people around and new people and asking them questions and whatnot and it was clear that we just had such a connection on such a deeper level and I I think you (laughs) you found out more about me than probably anybody ever knew (laughs) in a very short period of time you know people had many many years to find out things about me and i think you you dug dug deeper than all of them did in about two days (laughs) because i think that that happens sometimes with introverts or people who are naturally quieter they think oh they don't want to talk or open up or whatnot and usually when you just ask them questions that are actually you know caring and not just you know hey what's up you know if you're actually asking pointed questions you realize that you just you know cracked open an egg and now yeah. you know he has a ton of to say so it's so funny when i hear people like you know always oh, a little quieter and whatnot because he's always been you know non-stop with me which is so great and i'm happy that i'm the only one who has that like insight i guess yeah um, well, that's i mean it's a very like personal thing it's a, it's an important uh you know connection that i think the both of you have and it's it's something that it's super special, obviously, and it's also incredible that it's led into this amazing artistic relationship. Because sometimes people like to keep it separate, you know. It's, yeah. it's sometimes people are like, "Look, you have your thing, I have mine. Different styles." Well, it, well, it <laughs> took know? us a, it took us a long time to actually make our own original music, and the reason why I kind of wanted to talk about the beginning of our relationship is because you're really, really open-minded when you're first, you know, starting to be in a relationship with someone. So he would send me these like wild like classical pieces and you know that isn't the music that i was mainly listening to so i would listen you know even if it was like a 20 minute piece i would like listen through and be like oh this is so interesting what you know you're just like very open-minded and once i found the pieces that i loved within his world it just expanded my musical life so much that um it was super important to my own musical growth so you know when he's talking about bach and whatnot like it means so much to me these people now you know because they it was the start of all music you know you don't get to the rock music unless without you it. start yeah. with that yeah not at all um 
But what I loved about Thomas is on paper, you know, it seems like I chose piano, I've always done it, and you know, piano's my thing, but he's so incredibly open-minded that, you know, it wasn't just classical that he listened to when I met him. I mean, that was the main thing, but I saw he loved Jeff Buckley, he loved the Beatles, so I was like, okay, you clearly have other interests, and I think I just showed him more things that I thought he would like going off of that. So when we play music live, we play the ballets we make in our original pieces, but we also play classical pieces that I've added drums to or, you know, rock or alternative that Thomas has added, you know, piano parts to. And we only play pieces that we were each moved by on a personal level. You know, we're not trying to be some, you know, classical, you know, rock combo. There's all this stuff, you know, play Beethoven and like Kiss and, you know, some random, you know, that's like not our goal. So I think the most important thing for us is we found music that the other person showed us that moved us emotionally in the same way that our genre had made us feel and realizing that you can access that through a different genre it's just so eye-opening you know i would hear you know a list piece called totentans and that's like more rock and roll than like a lot of rock music you know you can find this that's the same emotional the feeling same in a different yeah. genre yeah completely and then so when we were presented with the ballet, it forced us to, we had always played together, but it forced us to make something concrete. And I had always been around ballet, like I was saying with my sister and Chris was one of my best friends who's also um, the choreographer. So I had always been around it and I was thinking, how can we bring something to ballet that's different, but not too different that it would make the people who are used to the classical style of it, you know, not want to come anymore, but that could also bring new people in into it and kind of make this new genre somewhat, you know. I think that our goal in general is to show the genre lines don't matter. Yeah, you can blur, yeah. you can definitely blur the lines between genres. And yeah. that that's usually where the best innovation comes from. Yeah. Bands like, you know, even like one of my favorite examples is Rage Against the Machine, yeah. which really no one has been able to that was like a one time, you know, like they had, they merged rap and heavy rock and it worked and it rarely works, yeah. but they did it. And uh, no one has been able to do anything like that really since then. Yeah. So I think that that's definitely the important specification with our music. It's not that Thomas said, you know, I love classical. Here's a classical piece, add drums to it. We only play things that we were genuinely moved by. You know, when you're bringing up Philip Glass to Thomas, like he changed my life you know as well and it's it's really special because we get to express it through music that we love and we get to express it with the person that we love and i think that in collaboration which is my favorite part of being a musician by what by the way is collaborating because yeah. you know especially as a drummer you kind of have to play <laughs> with other people and i think in what we're doing it takes so much trust and intuition and it would be pretty rare for me to find that on the same level with anybody else just because we do know each other so well. Um, so everything's just like kind of rooted in this super emotional place. Yeah, the it's, it's, emotion it's that the music relationship. Brings. Yeah, and it's also and, music. Yeah. yeah, it's it's like nothing I've probably seen before <laughs> in two musicians. It's, it's really, it's incredible. Thank you. Um, and it's, like I said, it's very rare. Like even if you look at people like, you know, Kurt Cobain and Courtney, Courtney Love, they were... <laughs> You know, not, you know, we hope to not be like that. Yeah, no, but like they didn't play, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. They, it was, it was sort of more, I think, you know, it wasn't the same sort of thing where it was like, there's going to be a new 
album of them together. I don't think that was ever the thing. It was like, yeah. I think with most people, that's never the thing. It's sort of like, these are, you know, like I said, it's separate areas. And yeah. it's great that you guys have been able to just knock that down and just be like, we want to do this together. Yeah, yeah, because we learn so differently. You know, Thomas, you know, just to give a little disclaimer, Thomas is like literally a genius. Um, you know, with, you know, perfect pitch, like theory, you know, he's really rooted in that, but he has the ability to see outside of that because with theory does come a lot of rules right yeah if i'm not mistaken it comes a lot of narrow-minded thinking yeah so when he was saying that people will look at a bach piece and you know i like to make the comparison with like the constitution you know it's not a dead document it's a living document you know and i and i feel the same way with like a bach piece you know it was made at a particular time when when bach was composing that he wasn't even playing on a piano you know, so it's just so crazy to think that, you know, these documents would be dead and like not living and not open to interpretation because if they weren't, they wouldn't be able to live in society. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. Because I was, I was talking to Thomas earlier about, I was like, it's so cool in classical how you can just play music that you love. You know what I mean? Because, like, imagine just playing a show where we're just playing covers. Yeah, and most people would be like, okay, it's it's viewed as a step below. <laughs> yeah. It's like, well, we want your original stuff. Yeah, so but I was with like classical the- music, it's completely different. Yeah. yeah it's, I'm like, yeah. that's so cool. I was like, okay, I just picked my favorite Fiona Apple album and, you know, play the whole thing live. And then, you know, it's such a cool, special thing. But with that comes the responsibility of having to bring something new because it's been around for you know hundreds of years not with everything but you know with Bach and Beethoven and whatnot that's true but he's so open-minded to new music and has from the time I met him he was very into you know Bach Beethoven list you know very kind of like traditional in a way and then as our relationship has gone on and I think the introduction to new music and whatnot Thomas is so much more into contemporary classical music I think that's really been a huge the biggest change that I've seen in his musical um, development and it's just kind of cool going through that together it's like I'm getting more history and he's getting more new yeah and it just broadens the perspective as a whole yeah definitely to see Mm -hmm. into it deeper that's yeah it's it's an important I I think I recommend that for everyone it's just like trade favorite you know bands with your friends and then also look at if, if there's certain members of you know if there's certain groups that you're into them you know into that into like that you know those territories then you look into their favorite bands you know yeah. it's like you just keep taking it a step further and usually you end up discovering incredible music yeah because with with music you're just looking for music that gives you that feeling of this is something special and you know to someone that can be absolutely anything it can be pop music or country or whatever it is but most likely you will be able to find that same emotion within other genres so i think our goal is to kind of blur the lines between them because there can be usually the weirdest most beautiful things happen when there's a weird sort of combination yeah oh um, no it's you, totally it's it's people who want to it's people who want to you know tread new ground it's it's the it's you know and there's always that you know the visionary sort of thing of like well it's this meets this you hear that a lot in movies especially too what is it well it's ferris bueller's day off meets groundhog day like whatever it is you know yeah and then that gives you a rep but like with music it, it really is the themes are much deeper it's you know it's you're bringing it to a different level so no definitely definitely yeah that's true yeah Thank you guys so much. Yeah. You guys have oh, anything yeah. else? Thank, you, <laughs> Thank you. We love you, AJ. Yeah, of course we love you, too. Thanks for having us. Yeah, of course. All right. Thanks, guys.